Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information on the Crux Ministry and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. I'm excited for what God wants to do in your lives tonight. And I, I just know I love Pastor Taylor. He's he is like he's I, I just love his anointing to to take some really complex truths and just bring it make it real. Make it real practical and put it in your heart. And I, I just I just love what, what he what he brings. So I'm just excited that I'm able to just be here with all my friends. Yay! And uh if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. What? Is that in the Bible? Yes. It's not just a cool clothing brand. Uh, It is, hey, Ezekiel chapter 47. And we're going to look there and just this this doesn't see what God has for us. I I really believe if your heart's open enough that God will will come and, and he will do something in your life that you've never experienced before. I believe that. And, and, and if, even if you don't want it, it might even happen anyway, because God's kind of like that. Uh, some people might say the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. I, I just think he's just a wild, wild person. And, and so that's nice. And, but the thing is, he's good. It's kind of like in the Chronicles of Narnia. Anyone you know, read, those, read those books? And they, and they started asking a question about Aslan. And they said, you know, they were wondering if he's safe. They said, of, of course he's not safe, but he's good. And this, this is the reality of who God is. We want to, is he safe? I mean, ah, but he's good. And you're lucky that you're on, on the good side. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we, we're, you know, we're born again. We're filled with God's love. He loved us. How many of y'all believe that God loves you? Come on. Come on, tell your neighbors, say, God loves me, but I'm his favorite. God loves you, actually. That's what I meant to say. God, tell him God loves you, but I'm his favorite. <laughs> if you're in Ezekiel 47, just say, I'm there. Or, or if you're on your phone or it might secretly come up there. I don't know if it does or not. Uh, uh, uh. Ezekiel 47. We're going to begin in, oh, I don't care. It's, it's okay. You don't, it doesn't need to come up. You'll, you'll get it. E- Ezekiel 47. We're going to begin in verse 1. And uh, yeah, I want to pray. And I, I, just, I just thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for everyone who's here in this place uh, tonight, Lord. And I thank you that you have something special you want to deliver to each one of us. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you to just, uh, just begin to minister upon the hearts, God. I thank you that you're the, you're the God who gives good and perfect gifts. Every gift that you give is always good and it's always perfect, ex- exactly what we need in the right time. And Lord, I pray that you would just come in a mighty, mighty, powerful way and, and just ruin us for the ordinary, ruin us for living life in our own strength, and that we could only have the option of living for you in your strength. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen. amen. All right, Ezekiel chapter 47. This is a vision that the prophet Ezekiel had. And he uh, basically, this, this angel appeared to him and took him in the, in the spirit and started showing him this new temple that was going on. This is what it says in Ezekiel 47 verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. That's a lot of details. Verse 2, he brought me out by the way of the north gate, and he led me, around on, uh, led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east, and there was water. Everyone say water. There was water running out on the right side. Verse 3, and when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters, and, and the water came up to my ankles. Everyone say ankles. 
Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Someone say knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Say waist. Again, he measured 1,000. It was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. Someone say swim. A river that could not be crossed. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? You know, when, when the Lord begins to ask us questions, it's not because he needs information. It's because he's trying to get you to look a little bit deeper to find a secret that he's trying to reveal to you. And so this is what it says in, in verse 7. When I returned there, along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and the other. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea, which in context is actually the Dead Sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Come on. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. Someone say life. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from En Gedi to En Eglame. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. Hey, there's, this, there's something happening wrong with the swamps and the marshes. T touch your neighbor and say, don't be a swamp and don't be a marsh. Because they're going to be given over to salt. If anyone remembers the story of Lot's wife, she was given over to salt. Anyway, verse 12. Some of y'all are given over to salt when you put that blizzard on your french fries at In-N-Out. But anyway, verse 12. <laughs> you know, man, I, I sometimes I hang out with people and I'm like, dang, dude, it looks like a blizzard just went by your french fries. You're going to get a heart attack. Just Anyway, all right. Anyway, all right, verse 12. Along the bank of the river, on this side and that, will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows. Ooh, this is the best part. Their water flows from the sanctuary. And their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Everyone say, boom. boom. Come on, say it again. Say, boom. boom. Now, some of you don't are familiar with my preaching style, and so you can have freedom to annoy the person next to you with your amens, your hallelujahs, your man, that was so good, you know, or I'm not sure I like that either. <laughs> if you need to say that too, that's cool. I, I don't care. But the, the, uh, just just feel a little free because it's okay. Like, I don't, if you preach back at me, that's okay. And uh, anyway, thank you. And so Ezekiel 47 tells this crazy supernatural encounter of a river flowing from the temple, from the sanctuary of God. The sanctuary of God is where the presence of God was dwelling. And, and, and the Bible tells us that this water, wherever it touched, it brought life and it brought healing. And, and the Bible says that it also fed these trees, that when these trees sprouted up, the leaves were for medicine or for healing, and their fruit was always bearing fruit every season. Now, now, if you know, I got a lot of trees in my backyard. I got an apple tree. I got a peach tree. I have a plum tree. I got pomegranates. I got oranges. And I have an avocado tree that's on its last legs, and I'm trying to revive it. I need this water right here. But... <laughs> But you know that it doesn't bear fruit every, I know, and, and you, you may know this, that trees don't bear fruit every season or every month. They, they, there's a season, maybe one month out of the year, you're going to get some fruit because the rest of the year they're, they're getting the flowers, the birds and the bees are doing their thing, you know, all that stuff. Literal birds and bees, don't be all, you know. And so, so but the Bible said that when this kind of supernatural water touched these trees, that they bear fruit every month. 
because the water flows from the sanctuary. Now, everyone, you got to know, this is a supernatural river. This is a wild river. And so let me, let me put a, a pause there because I'm going to show you that this river is actually here tonight. And, and you can have the life that comes from this river. But let me put a, let me put a pause because many times we're like, man, uh, you know, I, I, like, I like those, you know, if you've been to the wave or, you know, the water parks, the, the lazy river that you just get in that, that tube and you just cruise. Many of us just like the lazy river, you know what I mean? Where you don't really have to do any effort. <laughs> you just get up in that river. No, no offense, but I'm just saying, like, I, I kind of sucked you into the thing, and then I, now I'm saying, ah, you know. Anyway, but there's, there's a river, and the river's wild. So rewind a little bit to 2008, and I was in Uganda, Africa, and we did, I mean, this another crazy, wild, supernatural trip. We did a, a trip here. Uh, some of you guys are going to Mozambique, I think, maybe in a month or something, right? It's like a month from now. Come on. <laughs> Get the shots. <laughs> and so we, we went to Uganda, and uh, man, wild stuff. Like, I'm telling you, we, we saw all kinds of supernatural things happen, and the Lord was just, I mean, a lot of people accepted the Lord as their Savior. A lot of people got delivered from demons. Like, we saw this lady get, she, she scooted up. Like, we, my friend Chris and I were sent to a church in the bush, and that just means, like, you get in a car, and you just drive somewhere, and you hope, you know, the Lord protects you and takes you back. And, and, we, and we drove up to this mud hut, and, and basically, I said, all the sick, just come forward. We're going to pray for you to be healed. This lady gets delivered from, like, night terrors and all this, this crazy thing. And then, and then this lady, she, her legs don't work, and they didn't have wheelchairs, so she scooted herself up to the front on the ground. We prayed for her, and I said, okay, try to do something you couldn't do before. She hobbles up on these previously cr crippled legs and starts jumping, dancing, praising God in the middle of the, the, the mud hut. It was awesome. And so on this trip, we, we always have like fun days, you know, and, and so not that, not that that wasn't fun, I'm just saying, but we have like off ministry days, so we just like just go do things. And so we went to the source of the Nile, and, and I don't know if you guys knew this, but the source of the Nile River, the famous river, uh, is actually in Uganda, and the water bubbles up from the ground, and then it flows uh, north. It doesn't flow south, it actually flows north. Did you guys know this about that? This is a true story. You can Google it. And so, because <laughs> Google will tell you what the truth. No. And so the river is coming up and going in. And on our last day, uh, everyone was like, let's go whitewater rafting on the Nile. And I'm like, sounds cool. <laughs> now, what you didn't know is I got crazy sick the night before that. And so, I mean, we saw, again, we see a lot of things, supernatural things, but I, I feel like, you know, some of the warfare kind of came I'm like and so I basically was throwing up out of both ends uh the whole night sorry for the visual <laughs> and uh and it was rough so what does that mean physically that means your body you know my body was like I can't even walk because you know it, you exert yourself all night long when you're throwing up and all that so physically I was drained and they're like let's go on whitewater rafting on the Nile <laughs> and I'm like um I I don't know if I'm gonna be okay guys I was throwing up all night long I can barely walk right now and they're like, no, 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 it's okay. So they took us to this, this place, and I'm like, okay, I'll just go and hang out, you know. And so they were reeling me in hard, you know. They're like, oh, yeah, no, you'll be fine. And then, and then they told me this. The, the guides of the, the, the river people, they said, no, no, you'll be okay. There is a wild version, and there is a mild version of the, of, the, of the trail, you know, like when you're going down the rapids. And I'm like, okay, okay, fine. I'll go down the mild version. 
And so we get in the boats, and what I did not realize was the, the paths were the same. It's just that the river guides intentionally flipped the boats over on the wild, and then the mild was just going down the thing, which you probably would flip over anyway because they're class five rapids. Class six is suicide. And so five is like, and you know, Uganda rules ain't probably the same as here. You know what I'm saying? Because class five is probably like class 18. You know, it's like, ah. In other countries, they let you do crazy things. You know, they don't have to deal with the lawsuits that we do. They're just like sweeping under the rug. But nothing happened, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like you go to, I've been, I was in Mexico one time and they're like, here, here's a baby tiger. And you're like holding a baby tiger, pay 10 bucks to hold a baby tiger. And you're like, in America, that's not happened. You got to sign like 17 waivers before you even get that far. And so we get in this river and I didn't realize this until halfway through the ride. I'm like, we're going, all, we're going down the same rapids as everybody else. But the guide instructor on the wild, he would literally take a rope and flip the boat over so they would fall out intentionally in a class five rapid. Now, if some of you guys have been whitewater rafting, you know exactly what I mean. But just picture this. The, the, it's, like, it's like this. It's like a mini waterfall you're going down. That's basically what constitutes a class one, two, three, four, five. It's basically the height of the thing that you're going down, the waterfall. <laughs> Yay. Woo. And, and so... And so I'm basically going down there and they put me on the girl boat because they thought, oh, we need some strong lads to help paddle the boat. We're going to, Andrew, you're going to be the lead paddler. And, this, and, and one of the pastor's sons was the other lead paddler. Now, I've been throwing up all night, man. I'm, and I'm supposed to be the lead paddler for this crazy. It was crazy. And so we go down this class five rapid and we're going down the, the, the waterfall pretty much. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, and, and so there's a, there's a rule, no naked tees, which basically means there's a tee on your little paddle and you're never supposed to take your hand off it because it could whack you in the face. Well, praise the Lord. I let go of the, and I had a naked tee and guess where I went? Bam, right in my forehead. I start bleeding from my forehead. I'm flipped out of the boat. Now I'm like under the water, you know, like, like going under. And I, and then I put my hands up like, help, help. <laughs> this is no joke. You can ask Rochelle. She was there. A lot of other people at the, still go to the church. Cassie, you know. Yeah, they were there. And I'm like, and I'm like, ah! and so they get the, the kayak dude. There's a kayak going with us. And he finally swims over to, you know, paddles over, to, not swim, whatever. And I, and, and, and I get on the thing and, and he pulls me back to the deal. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. I'm gonna go home now. And they're like, well, actually you can't because this is not like a port where you can just get off the river and go to the street. You have to actually finish the entire course. And I'm like, I bind you in the name <laughs> I rebuke you, devil. And they tell me later, as a, just a little footnote, they tell me later that this area, this specific area of the Nile, uh, was one of the highest concentrated witchcraft areas in the region. Hallelujah! <laughs> so I'm going down, class five, it was just crazy, crazy, crazy wild. We finally make it to the end, and I'm just like... <sighs> uh, I think my head was like buzzing the whole, like I couldn't even think straight, it was crazy. And we got a video of it, the whole deal. Now I get to tell fun stories about it because it's just like, yay, I went down the River Nile. And, and apparently years later, I think they, I'm not sure if they actually did or not, but they, they were, one of the motivating factors was, well, this, they're not going to do this forever. They're going to shut this part of the river down so you'll never be able to river raft on the Nile. So you might want to do it now that you're here. Nah, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm just going like, man, you know, I, I, sometimes we, we want a mild version of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And sometimes we want, you know, some of the crazy people in the corner, you know, the intercessor group in the corner, 
they get the wild version. And then for all the rest of us, we're like, I'll take the mild, please. But what you didn't realize is you signed up for a wild God. And actually, some of us have had experiences were actually with the Holy Spirit that had been negative experiences. And it wasn't necessarily the Holy Spirit. It was just the way that you perceived it and maybe the way the leaders were bringing you into the things of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is the water is still good. The water still brings life. The water is still healing. The water still has power. The water is still life-giving supernatural energy from the throne of God. It's just that some people have bad experiences. So they, they go like, man, I, I don't ever want to go back to that river again. It's too crazy. I'll take the mild version for the rest of my life. But the problem is when you only have the mild version for the rest of your life, you only get a portion of what God wants to do in your life. You'll, you'll, you'll be like, well, I want to see, you know, everyone says these prayers like, God, whatever you want to do. And then he starts doing whatever he wants to do. You're like, whoa, can we get back up on the shore, please? <laughs> and when you look at the, the, the Acts chapter one and Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost comes and the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon these 120 disciples in an upper room praying. And the, and the Bible says that tongues of fire literally rested on their heads. It's a picture of when, when Israel would wander through the, the desert and the, and the cloud by day and the fire by night would rest upon the, their camp. And so God actually began to give them individual uh, cloud of fire or cloud, you know, cloud by day, fire by night and resting upon them. And the power of the Holy Spirit would not only be in them, but upon them. And the Bible said they all began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them the words. And as they began to do that, it caused such a commotion. Talk about a wild river. It caused such a commotion that the entire city gathered around to hear what was going on. Now, that's amazing because most of us, you know, we'd be like, oh, this is too crazy. Get me on the shores of the river. Get me out of the river. This is too wild. I don't even, you know, like, ah, I never want to go there again. But the, but the Bible said the first time the Holy Spirit makes an appearance for the new covenant church, it's a wild river. It's not a tame river. It's a wild river. It's crazy. And tongues are, people, they're speaking in all kinds of languages. There's nations, there's people from every nation present in Jerusalem at that time. Peter sees the opportunity. They, they, this, they get out of this upper room. Because how many of you know encounters with God can't just stay on the mountaintop? You have to bring them to the valleys in order for the valleys to be transformed. Like you can't just have your own, people say, well, it's my own personal relationship with God. Well, that's cool. But so, at some point, you have to get out of the closet and go tell someone about what God's done for your life. Someone say amen, because that's a good place. And so, so they, they get out of this upper room. They're speaking in other languages, probably surprised to them, but they're probably going like, like what I didn't tell you was my boat ride was a little, you know, it's a, it's, it's a little more wild than I was willing to experience at that time. But the other boat who got flipped on purpose, they were having like a rodeo over there. They were like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I'm, meanwhile, I'm like, and they're like, yeah. You know, like I'm saying, I'm screaming help and they're screaming hallelujah. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And this is what's happening at Pentecost. These guys are probably having a wild time. The Bible said that they were so wild that the whole entire community looked at them and said, these guys must be drunk. And, and Peter's like, hey, bro, we're, we're not that jacked up. You know what I'm saying? We don't drink, we don't get drunk at nine in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like when people are drinking at nine in the morning, you know they got issues. You know what I mean? Just being real. Don't elbow anybody that you know. He's just saying, <laughs> When they're driving, when they're getting wasted at night in the morning, you know, they need Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And so, so they, they, Peter's like, he stands up in front of everybody and he says, they're not drunk as you suppose, but this is what was prophesied by Joel the prophet. And the prophet said that the Holy Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. And he begins to actually quote scripture from Joel chapter two. 
And, and, and so what I love this is that Peter wasn't just going, having a, a, a weird, wild time with nothing in, in foundation or grounding. He said, no, this is actually what Joel said hundreds of years ago that would happen to us. And not only that, Jesus is the one who told us to wait here. And so this is good, and he preaches the gospel. And the Bible said that Peter preached with such power and such boldness that 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus in that moment. How many of y'all want that kind of power to be on your life, that that many people are coming to Christ in your life? Come on. If, if not, then we, we might need to <laughs> reevaluate some priorities. But the, the thing is, because I mean, come on, man, we're, we're on the earth for, to, make, to know God and to make him known. If we simplify anything, it's knowing God and making him known. Amen. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit comes and, and, and he is a wild river. But what I want you to see about this river is that the Bible said, and actually, let me, let me just show you this, just so that way you're, you're with me fully on this. But let me show you in John chapter 7. Uh, I'm just going to, you can turn there, but I'm going to read John chapter 7, verse 37. This is what Jesus said. He said, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or his belly or his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Come on, there's, that's the river again showing up. Verse 39, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we know, and I could show you like dozens of other scriptures. I, I don't, uh, you know, you got Genesis 2, you got, you know, you got Psalm 46, you got Revelation 22, you got all kinds of scriptures that talk about the river of God, but it's the Holy Spirit, amen? It's the Holy Spirit. And so the, in Ezekiel's vision, he brings them out, and, and they shows him the river that's flowing from the sanctuary of God. It's flown out, and he takes them. He measures out a 1,000 cubits, and he walks in there, and he gets in ankle deep. Everyone say ankle deep. Now, how many of y'all know when you're standing in a river and you're ankle deep, you're feeling a little bit of the effects of it, but you still have a lot of control? You know what I'm saying? You're in the river. It's only ankle deep. You're just like, man, it's cooling me off. I feel this nice nice flow of that refreshing water this is really nice all right i'm done you know and then you're like talk about i only need the, i only want the mild version forget the wild but then he measures off another thousand cubits and he goes in knee deep how many know when you're getting in knee deep you're getting a little bit further in you still have some control but you got a little bit more of the flow you know what i'm saying and then he measures off another 1,000 cubits, and he gets up waist deep. Now, how many of y'all know if the river's moving strong enough, if it's waist deep, it can start moving you places. You start getting pushed around a little bit if the current's strong enough, yeah? And, and, and then he measures off 1,000 more cubits, and he says, I can't even stand on the ground anymore. The only way I can be in this river continuously is if I'm swimming. In other words, I have to go now where the current's taking me. I can't just be locked in be like... You know what I mean? Some, it's like, sometimes we're like that. We're like, man, I'm locking in. You're not doing anything to me. You can't even tell me what God, how much God loves me. No, 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 I'm locking in. I just want the refreshing. Just sing that one song again, Sarah, and then I'm just, I'm good. Amen. I'm out the river. All right, good. And a lot of, a lot of Christians, you can see this as, as kind of like the, the various depths that they have with the relationship with the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of Christians who are living ankle deep, but they want the results of in over our head. We're, we're saying like, God, bring amazing things in my life. I want breakthrough. I want to know you. I want to have intimacy with you. I want you, God. But we're only ankle deep. You got way too much control going on there. 
And so, oh, wait, okay, I want to go a little bit more. We'll have, we'll have instead, of, instead of 30 minutes, of work, I'm going 45. Woo. Woo. And we're like, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I even, I even sang my own song for like 30 seconds. Woo. Woo. It's refreshing. And we're like, hallelujah. And then, and you know what? I'm going to get extra charismaniac today. I'm going in. I'm going in waist deep. <laughs> I'm going in waist deep. I'm not sure about that dude saying that metal dissolved out of someone's neck, but I'm going to try to pray for somebody right now. So maybe you see that was going to happen. And then, like, they get healed and be like, ah I got moved around a little bit. I'm still keeping my feet on this, on this, on this sand underneath, but I ain't going too far because that's like, yeah, I don't want anybody to be a fanatic or anything, you know, like, I don't want to be seeing visions of angels or something, you know, like, I mean, it's all over the Bible, but not in my life. No way. Not, don't want, don't want more of God. I mean, I know I said that in the song, but I don't really actually want it, you know, like, I don't, I mean, I know I said I surrender all, but I mean, I really meant I surrender all most, you know, I'm like, oh. Just keeping it, keeping it in the, keeping it waist deep here. Keeping it waist deep. You can move me a little bit, Lord, but not all the way. Cause I, you know, I seen what happens when people get carried away with this talking in tongue stuff, you know, and I'm like, I mean, you, that's cool. You can get a little bit of a flow going. You get a little hula, you know, I don't know what I'm doing over here, by the way. Like, I'm like, you see these dance moves here? It's weird. <sighs> or you can just surrender to the flow. Go a little deeper and surrender to the flow. And this is what Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He, he wants you to surrender to his flow. And what I, what I found with the Holy Spirit is that he's way better than I thought he was. And that when I, one time there's a pretty wild minister coming and people were falling all over the place. The power of God was hitting them and all this stuff. And I wasn't sure how I felt about it, but I knew I wanted God. I really did. I, I'm telling you, when I tell you this, I really want more of God. I really want to know him. But there comes a threshold. Like if you really want God, then you have to let him do what he wants to do. And so this guy was praying for people and people were falling on the ground, all this stuff. And I was like, man, I'm a little afraid, Lord. And then he spoke to my heart and he said, he said, son, I'm not going to hurt you. And that, so much peace came over my heart because I realized the goodness of God in that moment. That he's the God who every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And if, if you ask him for bread, he's not going to give you stone. This is what Jesus said. If you ask him for a piece of fish, you know, some good food, he ain't going to give you a scorpion. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your kids, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? He's a good God and he gives good gifts. And the Holy Spirit isn't just a gift. It's him. It's God. Holy, Holy Spirit is, is God. He, and here, here's a crazy statement. The Holy Spirit is just as much God as Jesus is. And the Holy Spirit is just as much of God as the Father is. But many times, we treat him like the dude in the corner that only the charismatic wild churches down the street like. But when you read the Bible, he's just as much valuable as Jesus is and just as much valuable as the Father is. He's God. He's not an it. He is a person. And we have to treat him as such. If we don't treat him as, as a person, then we're dishonoring 
the, the, the personhood of God. We're, we're basically saying, Lord, I like the two-thirds about you that I understand, but this wild river thing, not so much. Can you give me a mild version of Pentecost, please? <laughs> and he's going like, um, actually, if you want all of me, this is all of me. Take it or leave it. Come on. That's a good dating advice, too, by the way. I don't know why every time I'm in this group, dating advice comes out. It's just like, if you really want me, then you want me. You, you know, you can't, like, pick and choose. Anyway. <laughs> and so this is what I believe the Lord wants to do. Is I really believe that, that God wants, wherever you're at, some of us might be on the bank of the river just watching people. Some of us might be ankle deep. Some of us might be knee deep. Some of us might be waist. And then, and then there's a few of us that are just like, you know, splashing in the water. <laughs> frolicking around. That's great. I, I, I appreciate that. <laughs> but God, wherever you are, God wants to push you a little further. And uh, let, let's not use the word push. Let's say lead. <laughs> he wants to lead you a little bit deeper, a little bit further, because at the end of the day, it's about knowing him and making him known. And, and, and if you don't know him, it's hard to make him known. But if, in order to know him, you got to go deeper. And here's the, here's the biggest thing that I believe that you have to deal with in order to experience the deeper things of the Lord. It's definitely not trying harder. It's definitely not that. Because many of us will be like, well, that means I need to try harder. That, you know, let me pray more hours. Let me fast and pray more hours and days. And I don't know. I don't, I don't, if I did that, I'd disappear. You know what I'm saying? Like, watch a, you know, like, woo. Where, I don't know. I don't even know. I'd be like, 40-day fast. Where'd Andrew go? I don't know. Who knows? He'd be like, he's out. You know, like, I can't try that hard. I don't have enough try in me. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, I, I believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But this is what I really believe. Even beyond just trying harder, it's, here it is. You ready? Here's the word, surrender. If you learn how to surrender more to God, you can have more of him in your life. And when you have more of him in your life, then you have more of him flowing out of your life. I don't even know what I said, so you're going to have to get the recording or whatever just happened. Here's the point. It's not trying harder, it's surrendering more. Question, how much of God, how, not, not how much of God do you have, but here's the question, how much of you does God have? I'd be like, Lord, I want more of you. And he's going like, I want more of you. I want to invade every area of your life. I actually, you know, this, here's, a, here's a phrase that we used to say a lot around here. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. Wow. If Jesus isn't Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. That's a, that's a pretty heavy word right there. But can I tell you the truth? If Jesus isn't Lord of all, then life sucks. <laughs> that's, that's my version of it. If Jesus isn't ruling in your life, then we have areas in our life where someone else is ruling. And I, I don't know, I just don't trust anybody else with my life like I do with Jesus. Even my own self. Now, here, here's, the, here's the deal. I, I know, like, if you're used to, like, three points in a rhyming thing, and then, like, they all have the same letter and alliteration, or maybe, like, a acrostic or something. I, I don't really, I, I used to be able to do that. I'm not, I'm honestly not really allowed to do it anymore. I don't, the Lord doesn't let me. And so, anyway, if you're wondering where the points were in the message, I just, I'm throwing them out. All the, it's like little chicken feet, you know what I mean? And then we just have to, you just got to get it. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that means that you're all, whatever, okay. So, 
Just if you were wondering where the points were, they're, they're, they've been here. You just got to grab them, okay? It's like, it's like chicken feed. <laughs> Here's the deal. How do you access this kind of life? It's surrender. But guess, who, guess what the number one thing you have to dethrone is? Is yourself. You guys act like you heard me preach before. <laughs> you guys act like, anyway. You have to dethrone yourself. Here, here it is, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You're going to hear this verse a lot because it's graduation time. And I don't know why, but it's always the graduation verse. Verses. Trust in the Lord. If you know, you can say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. Oh, man, well, that's powerful stuff. Right? That's not just like, I'll find my career one day. It's like, <laughs> I don't know what that was. That was good. Cassie might be jealous about that one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and what, what, what? Lean not to your understanding. I'm telling you, the key to the Holy Spirit flowing in your life is stop trying to figure everything out. Here's what I found. One of the, and we'll talk, we'll land on this later, but I'm going to just throw it in here. A little chicken feed on the corner here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Woo! Speaking in tongues is one of the number one ways that you dethrone your understanding. This is why most people have a hard time speaking in tongues, because you're trying to understand how it works. As a side note, everybody can speak in tongues. Jesus said this in Mark 16, these signs will accompany those who believe they will speak with new tongues. Bam, so easy. You don't even need like 30 other scripture references. It's just very clear. It's not even like, well, I don't, maybe that was for the era of that. It's, it's not. It's just like, it's, don't, it's just there. He just said you can do it. You should just do it. <clears throat> But why, why am I saying this? Because it is one of the biggest keys to dethroning your brain and trying to understand everything. Jesus said it like this, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. If God is a spirit and you're made in his image, then guess what you are? You're a spirit. And that means you're a spiritual being before you're anything else. Now, why is that important? Because many times we try to live from our brain when we should be living from our spirit. Our spirit is a thing that connects with God. And then subsequently, everything else connects with God. Our emotions are put in order. Our brains are put in order. Our bodies are put in order and getting healed and healthy and all that stuff. But it starts with the spirit. If we don't get the spirit first, then we miss everything else. This is what happened at the fall. At the fall of man, it, we, are, we are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, will, and our emotions. And we live in a body. But at the fall, our spirit died because it disconnected with God. And so we started living out of our soul, our mind, will, and our emotions. That's why, you know, we live out of a, some people live out of a roller coaster of emotions because they're still living out of the old nature. They're like, you know, just because they had a thought, you know, it, it doesn't mean that's their identity. You know what I'm saying? If you think something, it doesn't mean that's, that means you are something. You are what God says you are, not what you think you are. Now, if your thoughts are in line with what God's thoughts are, then praise God. And that's the goal. But the reality is it flipped at the fall and we started being carnal people, living out of what our flesh wanted, living out of what we just felt we should go towards. And then the redemption was, oh, you're born again. Someone say born again. And your spirit came alive and oh, now you get to dominate and be a spiritual person. You can write these references down. Uh, I, 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 I forgot what they are, but here we go. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that if anyone's in Christ, he is a 
new creation. Do you know that doesn't just like, I, I don't know, man, I feel like my youth group days kind of like gave me the, gave me like the, the basic meaning of it. But as I began to go deeper into this, I realized that means I'm a brand new creation that's never been seen on the earth before. I'm not a, just a mere human being. I am a new creation. That means God created man in Genesis, but now I'm what? A new creation. That means I'm not just a normal man. And you're not just a normal man or woman. Come on with that. They're spiritual beings. You're, you're naturally supernatural. Here is, here is, just take this reference, 1 Corinthians 3, uh, verses 1 through 3. This is what the Bible says, that we are actually not mere men and women. Paul says, I'm trying to talk to you guys like spiritual people, but he, and he's, this is kind of a rebuke, but he, he tells, I'm trying to talk to you like spiritual people, but you're like little babies. <laughs> and he, but you're going to, check this out. He said, I'm trying to feed you spiritual food, but I can only give you milk because you're little babies. And he says this, he says, are you, when you, when you're, you know, uh, backbiting and saying this, I like this guy better and this preacher better and all this. He said, are you not acting like mere men? As if they weren't mere men. Do you catch this? The context, he's saying, you're acting like mere men. Like you shouldn't be. Like, wait, I thought that's what I was. <laughs> but the Bible, Paul is saying, you're acting like this and you're not. So what are we? We're new creations. We're naturally supernatural. And then 1 Peter chapter 1, or I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, says that we are partakers of divine nature. Woo! I don't know if I'm preaching over your heads, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. We are partakers of divine nature. This means that we are naturally supernatural people, that we are designed to connect with God, not just with our brains, but with our spirit. And this is a whole other way of thinking now. Because now I'm not walking around trying to figure everything out in my brain. I'm listening to the Holy Spirit going, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I'm not comprehending it with my natural understanding. I'm comprehending it with my spirit. So Paul is saying, at one point in 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 and 15, he says, for this reason, I'm, he said, I'll pray with my, under, with my spirit, and then I'll pray with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit, but then I'll also sing with my understanding. He's doing both. Notice which one comes first. He, I'll pray with my spirit, and then with my understanding. I'll sing with my spirit. What is he talking about? He's talking about singing and praying in tongues. Did you know that? It's context. He's talking about connecting with God on a spiritual level. Now, here's the question. How many of us are fully surrendered to that flow where our constant communion with God is not just with our brains, but it's with our spirit? Woo! How does that even look? I don't know. You know what the best teacher is, is on this? Is doing it. Some people say, well, it's supposed to look like this. It's supposed to look like that. I don't know what it looks like. It may look different for you to get in ankle, knee, waist deep, uh, all the way in. It may look different for you. For me, it looks like I, I feel sometimes this electricity that comes on my body supernaturally. I don't understand it, but I just receive it. Sometimes I feel this, this warm peace come over me. Sometimes I, I feel the love of God literally come from the top of my head down, and, and he heals my stress headaches. It's really awesome. I love it when it happens. He comes, and he just visits me. But then there's other times where I'm literally, I'm not even uh, speaking in English. I'm just praying in tongues, and I'm just saying, I'm just listening, and I'm listening by the Holy Spirit. I'm activating my spiritual life because it's not just here, it's here. And I'm saying, God, I need you to talk to me. I need you to speak to me. And when the power of God starts flowing like that, like I'm walking into a service in, in the Filipino church and I see a picture of an x-ray of someone's neck with metal in it. And I see screws in their neck. That's all. I, I just see a picture flash in my mind. And so I just say, is someone here have that? And then bam, this lady gets completely supernaturally healed. But it wasn't because I was like, you know what would be practical? 
in this place, there's probably somebody with metal. You know, I'm not going through natural statistics. Some people be like, well, you know, some people give words of knowledge and they give these details about people's life. Well, they maybe looked on Facebook. We're like, I really don't think they have enough time to really care to look on Facebook. You know, like to find details about people's lives so they can call them out in the meeting and blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. You know what I mean? So like, I don't have time to care. You know, I, I got, I got two kids and you know, I got stuff to do. <laughs> I'd rather get it by the Holy Spirit. Cause it's a lot quicker and it's a lot easier and anointings on it. You know what I'm saying? Miracles happen. If I'm getting off Facebook, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> if God tells me powers on it, <laughs> this is, this is how God wants you to live your life. He wants us to live in the flow of the spirit. And it doesn't just have to be in miracles and healings and things like this. This is how we, this is how we choose what classes we do. <laughs> this, is how we, this is how I chose. I went to Cal State University for one day. And then the Holy Spirit's like, nah. <laughs> now, I wish I would have listened to him like before I got all that financial aid and before I did my, you know, my schedule and the whole deal. I sat in, but I needed to sit inside the class and feel this relationship with God and he's just going grieved. He just didn't like me there. And it's not that the place is bad. It's just that it wasn't where I was supposed to be. So I was like, all right, here's all your money back. <laughs> can I keep the money though? I don't know. Okay, you can have it. You know, like, and I just, I got, it's, it's for everything. Sometimes I'm walking down the street and my hand starts like either warming up or starts getting tingly and I know someone needs healing around. How do I know that? Just because I have a relationship with God and he's my friend. And this is what happens. Sometimes I do that, and I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, there's someone with crutches. I, I think that's the, the other side of the equation. <laughs> it's, not like, it's not like, you know, like rocket science. It's just a relationship, friends with God. What is it? In all your ways, acknowledge him. I don't just acknowledge God when I'm in here. I acknowledge God when I'm hanging out with my kids. I acknowledge God when I'm watching a movie. I acknowledge God when I'm watching TV. I, I acknowledge God when I'm going down to the park. You know, whatever it is, I acknowledge God in every way and everything that I do in my life because I want him involved there. Because that, if, if that water can really bring life to everything and really bring healing to everything, wow, that means I could actually change the atmosphere of every place that I go into if the rivers of living water are, are living in me and flowing out of me. Come on, this isn't just a theory. Some of you guys have been with me on the campus and we've seen the same thing happen. And we've, we've, we've ministered to people and we've seen people get healed, physically healed on the campus. We, we led like the entire women's basketball team to the Lord pretty much. I don't know if it was all of them, but it was a lot of them. And we just basically, we're praying for this girl. God started giving us details about her life and I found out that she needed to forgive somebody. So I was like, let's pray and forgive. And then I was like, the whole team is here staring at her. Let's all pray together instead of have her on the spot. And we led them in a prayer to accept Jesus' forgiveness of sins. And the power of God came. I was like, oh, this is so good. And, and man, uh, this, is, this happens, yes, on the campus. It works there, too. People got healed. This lady, her, remember she was like, oh, is that like Ray K? You know, <laughs> if you don't know what Ray K is, it's like a, it's like a new age kind of, they use like, it's like heat, you know, this, it's demons, whatever. All right. And so it's this new age healing thing, but it's really demons. And so the, this, this girl was like, oh, is this that new, that, that Ray K stuff? You're going to pray and the, this heat's going to come in my back. I'm like, oh, not the same spirit, but probably, you know, better. And so... <laughs> we prayed for her and her back totally gets healed and she's like oh yeah okay cool thank you you know like she's super surprised about what happened and why, why is this so important because this is the naturally supernatural life that God wants you to live but it's going to require you to surrender and it's going to require you to dethrone yourself saying that you're not the Lord Jesus is the Lord and and letting him actually be in control of your life but he's the kind of God who doesn't want to control you so he's in control but he's not trying to control you you with me on that like, he's not, like, he's not an insecure boyfriend. 
or girlfriend, just, just for good measure. Like, he's not going like, he's not like, where are you right now? <laughs> I texted you two minutes ago. Where are you? You know, like, I said, I love you. You better say it back. You know, like, it, God's not insecure. <laughs> if, you, if you never say, I love you back, he's never going to change the way he thinks and feels about you. That's how God is. So you, you, can, you can stay mild for the rest of your life, and God's going to just let you be mild. But your destiny is wild. Your destiny is to get wild in the river and get ahead over your heels, and you just have to get in the river wherever he takes you. And you might end up being one of those weird people. Hallelujah. Some people might wonder. I got other scriptures. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to them. <laughs> I don't know what time it is. So, so as a side note, okay, I'm, I'm about to get way too many side notes right now. Lord, yeah, shoot the 13 rabbits that just ran by. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sometimes the reason, so I don't know, I, I, again, I know some of you, I don't know a lot of you, and so I'm, I'm running over some really good foundations because I, I want to set an atmosphere for what God wants to do in your life tonight. But sometimes we might see, uh, people might fall on the ground, the power of God hits them, people might shake, people might laugh, people might cry, people might do all kinds of things that you're going to probably think is very weird. <laughs> and you know what God's doing there? He's trying to get you to not have to understand everything. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I'm going to tell you a story. And this one might maybe push you over the edge. I don't know, but it was true. And it happened right here. It happened right here. So I'll just let you know, this is exactly where it happened right about here. I preached a few years ago, here, right here, on the, on the blood of Jesus and the power of God's uh, redeeming power in the blood. So the Bible says we overcome the devil by the blood. So the devils don't like the blood. Well, you talk about the blood. Come on, Joel. <laughs> they don't preach about the blood like they do anymore. <laughs> anyway, so I preached about the blood. I preached a good word about the blood. It was good. And I said, if you're, if you're dealing with guilt and shame, just come up to the front, and we're going to pray for you. And... Uh, this, this one girl comes up here. She comes up to my wife and I. I don't know if we were married at the time. I, I don't remember what year this is. We were? Okay. Oh, you remember. <laughs> See, it, it marked her. This is <laughs> So she comes up to us and she says, she says hey, I had, a, I had a dream and you and Rochelle were praying over me and you're going like this. And I'm like, oh, I think I know what this is. <laughs> and because this other girl in the corner over there had just gotten like, delivered from some demonic oppression that she was going through. So I was like, all right, all right, all right. I think I know what's going on here. And so we start praying for her, and it kind of came to the surface that she had gone through this really, uh, she, and, I, and I know some stuff that had gone on in her life, and it was pretty rough with some guy situations and some really bad relationship, treated really bad. And so I, the Lord was kind of leading us to just basically say, you need to forgive. And so as we were leading her in a prayer of forgiveness, <laughs> it's crazy. We're, we're leading her in a prayer of forgiveness, and every time she got to the point, so she would say, I would say, repeat after me. She would say, Father, I thank you, you know, because you forgive me and I receive your forgiveness, I choose to forgive. And whenever she got to the word forgive, she'd go like this, I, and she couldn't say the word. She would say, I choose to, I choose to, and then all of a sudden she starts choking. And, and it's, and, and like, she's, she's like holding her chest going like, I can't, I can't. And, and what, this is what's really happening is, is there is a demon attached to her bitterness and unforgiveness that she'd held on to. Because when you open the door, when you, when you give a landing place for bitterness and unforgiveness in your life, you actually create a landing place for demons to dwell in your life. 
And that might sound really crazy, but it's true. So the truth sets you free. Hallelujah. <laughs> and she starts choking and she can't breathe anymore. <laughs> so I put my hand like right up here and I say, devil, you loose her now in Jesus name. And, and then she and then I was like, all right, now say it with she stopped choking. And she says, and she says, I forgive. And when she said, I forgive, I, forgive, I think she might have said his name. I don't even remember. Did she say the name? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good, I don't remember the name. Hallelujah. <laughs> she said, I forgive, whatever his name was. And the peace of God came, and she just fell on the ground like a little sack of potatoes filled with the peace of God. <laughs> now, someone might look at that and go like, what? the heck <laughs> what in the uh? but that stuff is supernatural it's not going to be understood here but it's going to be understood here and you're not going to get it in your brain trust in the lord with all your heart lean not to you understand when you start going into the deeper things of the river this realm opens up to you and you begin to understand what's going on in the, in the room when other people are just thinking it's natural causes oh she probably just had you know some food stuck in her throat and it just happened to be that every time she said forgive <laughs> she couldn't say it and then started choking and not being able to breathe like what kind of logic you know, you're not going to logic that stuff out and in our minds we're trying to figure this out and god's saying no no go deeper in the river your answer is in the in the depths your answer is getting head over heels in the river. And, you'll, and when you begin to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, he'll begin to speak to you about these things. And, and I remember even standing right here a couple of years ago, this, we, we, said, we, we said, hey, we're going to pray for you if you're going through some stuff. I'll, I'll come up. So we're praying for her. Uh, and, and I said, hey, what's, what's going on? And she just looked at me with this blank stare. And, and like, like she was too afraid to tell me what was going on. So I was like, you, you don't want to share? And she's like, uh, no. <laughs> so I closed my eyes and I saw everything that was going on <laughs> in her life. And I told her. <laughs> and in the middle of the prayer, she goes like this. <laughs> and she was freaked out. And then she got, but, but God, God, you know, kind of told me everything so that we could pray for it. <laughs> shoot the arrow on the target. Forget shooting it in the dark. And you know what I'm saying? Like shoot it right on the target so the prayer works. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't want to shoot arrows in the dark. I want to shoot them right on the target so it actually affects people's lives. How many of you know she's going to walk away going like, God knows my situation. She was freaked out a little bit because, you know, that kind of depth of the river kind of freaks people out at first. But the reality is she's going to walk away going like, wow, God saw exactly what I was going through. And it was with her family, some family situation. God saw exactly what I was going through. Wow, that must mean God knows me. I'm not just another face in the crowd. Woo. But this takes, and so sometimes, you know, we were, in, we were at InterVarsity meeting. And, like, we're praying, for, we're praying for all kinds of people. The prophetic stuff was flowing. Like, it was, like, crazy. People were, like, bah, blowing up. But then we're praying for this girl. The power of God hits her. She's, like, falling over onto the, and she's about to fall straight up on the ground. You remember that? And I'm, like, I, told, I was, like, I, like, I kicked this chair underneath her because I don't want the whole group to be, like, who are these fools knocking people out? You know, like, and, but the power of God comes, and other people might understand because they'd never been in the depths of the river before. I'm not saying this is elitism, saying that I'm better than anybody. I just decided I want more of God. And I want to get into the depths of the river to understand more of the things of the Spirit. And so, I, I don't know, I have a couple more stories. You want more stories? We'll do more stories. Some of you guys were there for this, but this is fun. I get to tell all my stories all over again because we get to... <laughs> we, we, we took the youth group to Jesus Culture uh, in, in, in L.A. 2012. 2000, that's a long, that's six years ago. Wow. That's, that's a little while, 2012. And uh, 
here's what happened. So this was a really wild trip. The power of God was, it was flowing like wild, wild, wild. So at that time, my youth group was uh, very wild. I mean, like there might've been two people that were mild, but everybody else was very, very wild. And when I say wild, I'm, you just have to trust me. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Like this is what they would be like in the middle, in the middle of worship. Nobody's laying hands on anybody. They would be getting slain in the spirit, being laid out. Like they'd be in the middle of worship, like Holy Spirit, you are and they'd be laid out on the ground. No one's touching for them. I walk up, and it's not like, it's, you know, it's different. Some people kneel down, and they're like, it's a beautiful thing. These dudes were sprawled out in positions that you don't get when you kneel down by yourself. It's like you fell down. You know what I'm saying? It was there. I'm walking up. My kids are all laid out on the ground. And I'm like, all right. I think it's, I think they're good, you know? And I'm just like worshiping, you know? And, and uh, so... So one time, uh, some of the guys were, were worshiping like this, and then there was a, a Lutheran youth group behind them, which is a little bit of a clash of a culture. And they all start praying for the Lutheran youth group. And so as they're praying for them, like two of these girls start, get, start manifesting demons. Like they have demons in their life, and they need to get, so they're like, ah, you know, doing all this, all this weird stuff. And then you have two other girls, they got tongues for the first time, so that was like a, yay! good points you know <laughs> like and then and then two other girls were like got hit with the joy of the lord they are literally like bouncing off the wall so so i found out about this because one of my other kids uh went to the bathroom and never came back so i was like i was like rochelle let's go find out where she went and so we go out to the lobby i walk out to the lobby and one of the one of my kids is trying to cast demons out this little girl sitting on the wall and i'm like and then the, 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 the servant workers of the Nokia theater at the time, I think it's Microsoft theater now, they're like looking at it like, uh. and I'm walking up and he's like, come out in Jesus name. And like, and the girl's like, you know, whatever in the corner, like twitching crazy. And I'm like, oh man. And then in the hallway to my left, there's these two other girls bouncing, literally bouncing off the walls. The joy of the Lord's hitting them. They're like, ah! <laughs> I can't stop or whatever. I don't know. It was, it was like we're in a madhouse. It was crazy. And so I'm like, oh gosh. And then the, the, the security guys were like, uh, you need to take them downstairs <laughs> basically where no one can see the crazy. And, and so we go down there and we're like trying to pray for these kids. And I'm like, so this is, this this is like all these different manifestations. Some kids are getting tongues. Some kids are, you know, getting set free from demons. Other kids are getting touched by the joy of the Lord. And then uh, earlier in that day, this is, I mean, this might be offensive, but it's, it's true. And my kids, <laughs> they would get so, I don't know, touched or whatever in the midst of worship, they couldn't stop shaking. So they'd be like this the whole time. And they'd be looking at each other like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> And then they try to pray for Israel, like, remember that little that's thing? They'd be like, that's, you know, like this. It was crazy. So someone went up to my mother-in-law, who was chaperoning us at the time, helping with the kids or whatever. And they said, oh, that's so nice that you guys brought out the autistic kids to the conference. Now, that might be offensive. I'm not trying to be. But that's the degree of how wild my kids were. That's a true story. I'm telling you that's a true story. Some of y'all remember that. I had to pull the kids aside and be like, y'all need to learn how to turn this off. <laughs> like, here's the switch. Watch. You're off now. Now stop being crazy. Like, I had it. These are the kind of problems that we had, okay? So we didn't really live too much in mild. 
<laughs> Some of the kids are like, I, where are they? They're so far out there. They were living in wild land like crazy. But some of them would give words of knowledge that would just, you know, and some of them would be healing people at their school. Come on. One of them sitting right there. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I, all this stuff was happening because we decided we're not just going to live in shallow waters. We, we want everything that God has for us. We want, we want God to show up and show off in such a way that, listen, I'll lose my reputation if it makes Jesus famous. If other people get touched by his love and by his power, it's cool. I'll be a weirdo. I don't really care because they don't need to remember me at the end of the day. They need to know who God is. And my, that girl might have got freaked out because I told her everything about her life, but she's going to walk away going, I know that God was talking to that dude. It's better if they find it here with weird people than out in a psychic place or a palm reader place when those dudes are using demons to channel information. Because the reality is the, the darkness can do some of the same things that we can do. But there's a lot of hooks attached to everything that they do. God just loves with no strings attached. When the devil does this stuff, he jacks people's lives up. And that's why you'll see, like, you know, some people, my friend's like, yeah, we watched, my friend was telling me about, actually it was a friend of a friend, but he was like, yeah, he watched that movie, Paranormal Activity, and when he got home, frames were shaking off the wall, things were flying around his room, and nobody else was there except for him. It's like the lights are off, but everybody's home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's sketchy. It's, it, but that's what happens. You, you, you watch that stuff. It's like asking demons to come and hang out with you. People are like, <laughs> you're like well, it's just a movie. All right. If you wanna, I mean, <laughs> if you want demons to hang out with you, then pay to, you know, how much money did it cost now for a movie? Like 15 bucks? <laughs> $15 to get tormented by demons. You know, it's like, <laughs> why? Or just surrender to God and have authority over every devil that will ever come in your life. Come on, Jesus. Woo! I don't know if I'm blowing minds tonight or not. I just, I'm just having fun talking about the river. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. And, and so the, the Bible tells us that, uh, you know, there's, oh man, there's like, these are my notes. If you ever wonder, my notes look very different nowadays. <laughs> they know. They used to read, you know, they used to know what they look like. I got a lot of different things to say. Let me just say, like, maybe a couple more things, and then we'll pray. I don't know. What time is it? I can preach forever now, too, by the way. Oh, actually, I can preach forever back then, too. Anyway. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I think you get the point. Um, I, let me, let me, I'll just say a couple of things real briefly that, you know, some of the keys to discernment and understanding the things of the spirit, you know, is found when Jesus was a baby. And this is what I mean by that. Nobody knew who Jesus was except for his parents, really. I mean, really, they're the ones who had the angel come to him and say, you're going to have this, you know, you're going to give birth to the savior of the world. Everybody else was like, it's just another baby. And so if you're able to perceive Jesus and you're not Mary and Joseph or maybe Elizabeth, uh, you know, the relative, then that means you got a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Here's what I mean. Jesus is eight days old. They come into the temple to dedicate him according to the custom of the law. And this dude named Simeon was led by the Spirit to come into the temple on that very day. And he sees Mary and Joseph walking in with Jesus. Now, he doesn't know who Mary and Joseph are, but the Lord had promised him that he would see the Christ, the Messiah, before he would die. And so he walks in. And probably there's dozens of other babies getting dedicated on the same day because that's what you do on the eighth day. You bring them in and dedicate the baby to the Lord. Now, how in the world would Simeon be able to tell the difference between 
Jesus as a baby or any of the other babies that are coming into the temple that day. How in the world is he supposed to tell that? That's called the river of the Holy Spirit. That's called knowing the discernment from, it's a gift of discernment. That's, that's called having spiritual perception. That's called having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't know things unless God tells you. Are you with me on this? You follow what I'm saying? There's only a few people who knew that that was Jesus until the one day, you know, John the Baptist is like, behold, the Lamb of God. All right, you told everybody, you know, like, but how did he know? How did, how, how is he supposed to know? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. How did he know? God told him. Oh, that's, that's supernatural. And then he gets baptized. Oh my gosh. Heaven's open. Dove falls on him. And what do he say? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Oh my gosh, it's Jesus. And even then people still had a hard time recognizing. Oh, wait a second. Even now people still have a hard time recognizing when Jesus is in their life. You need the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that opens your eyes to see Jesus. That's what he does. It's not just miracles, although that's really exciting. The Holy Spirit is the person who actually allows you to see Jesus. He opens your eyes so you can see him in every facet of your life. Are you with me on this? Let's go back one more time, all the way back to Genesis, all the way to the very beginning. There's two trees in the garden. What is the tree's names? We have the tree of life and the what? And the tree of the knowledge of, the, of good and evil. This is, the, this, is the, this is the whole message wrapped up in two trees. The tree of life is fed by the rivers of living water. We see that in Revelation chapter 22. You can see, and even in Ezekiel, the trees, life, the tree of life, always bearing fruit, supernatural food. It's amazing. Healing, medicine, all that. Tree of life, or tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This is what it represents. Getting all your information from a source other than God and living independent from God. Wow. Sounds like a life outside of the spirit. Sounds like trying to depend on yourself. Sounds like leaning on your own understanding and not trusting in God. Ah, what caused death? Tree of knowledge of good and evil. What caused life? Tree of life. Where is that coming from? The river. It's the Holy Spirit. This is what brings life to every living being. It's surrendering to the flow of the Spirit of God. Woo! All right, I think I'm done. Let's all stand, and maybe someone can play some beautiful melodies on the guitar or something. Oh, Jesus, I want to pray for you, and God's going to touch you. <clears throat> oh, Jesus, thank you, Lord. How many of y'all are ready to move from mild into wild? <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Jesus, for your spirit that's in this place. I thank you for the river of God. <laughs> God, thank you. There's a river whose streams make glad. Oh, Lord, we, Holy Spirit, we just in, invite you to just come. Just open your hands. If you, if you just want to receive a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit, I just want you to open your hands. And I'm just going to ask him to come and to touch you. And if you lean into this, I'm telling you, by faith, you're going to, you're going to experience the power of God. You're going to experience this river of God. Some of you are going to feel what I was talking about earlier. Some of you are going to feel the, the warmth of his presence come on you. Some of you are going to feel the peace of God. Some of you are going to feel that tingling like the electricity of God. Some of you are going to actually uh, begin to, even your hand, something might begin to shake and tremble. But I just believe that the Holy Spirit wants to touch you. And even more than that, uh, not more, but even a step beyond is I really believe that some of you are going to receive the gift of tongues tonight as well. And so that's a free gift that God wants to give you. If you're willing to say yes and to receive all that he has for you, he'll give it to you tonight. And so, Father, I thank you. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. 
You've always been welcome. But God, we're saying, come once again. Come once again and touch people's lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to come in a powerful, powerful way right now. Spirit of God, just come. And I, God, I thank you right now that, the, that the, 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 the weightiness of your presence would begin to fall on some people right now. Lord, I thank you that you would begin to even touch them in their hands. They would begin to feel your presence, that you would come on them. And Lord, just like you said, that we would receive a baptism in the Holy Spirit, that, that, that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us in Acts 1. God, I'm asking that you release that over people's lives, a fresh touch over people's lives right now in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we just release that in this place today. God, we thank you. Release heaven. I just declare, open heavens. Let the flow come. Let the flow from heaven come right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Come. Come with your power. Come with your freshness. Come with that river of living water. Lord, we thank you for it right now in the name of Jesus. And if, and if that's you. I... Just one glimpse of your glory. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast. Be sure to visit us at summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.